little extra Lambo. Coming to you from the Palatial Podcast Studios right here, Spokane, Washington. We have a special broadcast for you today because I am currently not in studio. I am down in Scottsdale, Arizona, playing in the 40 and over World Series for the MSBL. We're playing teams from all over the nation, a couple out of country teams as well. And uh, hopefully when you are hearing this, we are smack dab in the middle of playoffs. I have a special show that I'm going to bring to you today. It is recorded uh, from prior from the Hotcast One radio podcast that I do with Albert Garza. He is my co-host. And two years ago, we did a podcast with a very good friend of mine, an amazing dude with a great story. His name is Larry Colbert. He is a chef from Atlanta. He comes, his whole family comes from Chicago. He had a couple moves in between, but now he's in, he's in Atlanta doing his thing right now. His story is awesome. His story with his family, his story with his brother, and how he got into the culinary arts and is now a chef. It's a great story, and I am so happy to bring that to you today. And I hope that you guys like it. Uh, it's Again, it's from two years ago. It's from the Hotcast One radio podcast that I do, so we might make reference uh, to that podcast, but... Just kind of gloss over that, but I am happy to bring it to you. Larry is a great dude, and I'm sad that we won't be able to play with him this year. He's going to be down in Florida, actually, and and playing there. So we actually miss each other this trip. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to reconvene at another later time and 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 see each other. But you will enjoy this podcast. It is a great podcast. Um, I'll probably be doing some TikToks or that you've probably already seen or, you know, that I'll do the next couple days and you can catch me on there. Shoot a message to the show, uh, extra Lambo at gmail.com, but we should be smack dab in the middle of playoffs when you hear the airing of this show. So, uh, Arizona coming up, we will be in Scottsdale. If you are in the area and you want to get together, have a beer, just shoot me a message, uh, shoot me a message on TikTok, and we can, we can get together and have a beer. So I guess, uh, I'll see you guys live again in studio when I get back and that'll be the beginning of November. So, and it's going to be a fast month of November. My schedule is packed with family stuff. Thanksgiving, and then trying to get set up for that New Year's Eve show with um, the three guys. I, st- I am still trying to coordinate that. So that is my goal. That's my wish. That's going to be my Christmas present to y'all is having all three of those guys on the air at the same time. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. And if they're listening, you guys got to do this for the fans. <laughs> so without further ado, I'm going to bring to you one of the best guys that i know he's an amazing dude amazing chef i have had his food actually and his name is larry colbert mr larry colbert how are you doing sir good brother good 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 thank you for having me this morning how are you enjoying your time this year Oh man, it's been great, man. Uh, very relaxing, man. Some good baseball being played, and uh, enjoying it, man. Arizona's never disappointed, uh, so I enjoy coming down here, man, from Atlanta. So 
it's a good deal, man. It's good hanging out with you guys as well. Yeah, we uh, we enjoy your company. Was looking forward to this. I think we were talking since I think we about June and getting making sure you guys were coming down and and was just the whole week. Like you said, it's there's nothing like it. And everybody coming from all over the place, coming together as a team and then just kind of building those friendships and camaraderie. And it's it's fun. We loved it. Yeah, man, I uh, I, I love it, man. Like I said, I keep up with you guys over the offseason. So was really looking forward to getting back down here, man. And uh, you guys have done a great job with uh, just assembling the team and and uh, uh, keeping Stu in line and (laughs) and uh, just 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 overall just making it a good trip. It is. Um, you're you're one hell of an athlete. You sure. run around center field. You hit the ball. You're our leadoff hitter for the soldiers. Yeah. What was your upbringing with athletics? Um, I I got a late start um, with athletics on a um, organized level. Uh, growing up on the west side of Chicago, I um, I mostly just play sports in the neighborhood with my friends. So we found innovative ways to. Uh, play basketball, play baseball, play football. Um, for baseball, uh, I mean, my dad was a very uh, smart guy when it came to coming up with low-budget ways of creating ways for us to play sports. So my first experience with a baseball was me and eight of my friends with one tennis ball and a table leg. <laughs> and a, and a table, table leg. A metal table leg, man, that my dad concocted some kind of way to make it into a bat and we had this big open field down the street from our house man so we would go out there and just play for hours uh, just no gloves just well actually it was one glove the catcher had it and that was it um and a tennis ball and a table leg man i did that until i was 14 bunch of kids in the neighborhood bunch or of kids did you in have the neighborhood, to make phone man. calls every morning yeah, how did this yeah. work um it was either me or my friend Juice or Sweet Pea uh, was my best friend. We we would gather all the guys up, go knock on doors and just say, come on, it's time to go. And uh, we, we would just get together. So I, I got a late start, man. I, I didn't play Little League but one year. And uh, I was 13. And uh, then I went to high school at 14. And um, it was eye-opening to me that, you know, uh, I could come from not a background of uh, organization, you know, playing organized anything. Uh, I mean, I learned how to play basketball on a crate, a milk crate and a telephone pole. Like it was nailed to the telephone pole. Okay. Uh, Football pads was old couch cushions. (laughs) And then I got to high school and it was like all this fancy equipment, all these shoes, all these, you know, kids had been doing this for years and I was just like new to it. But I had the natural ability to do it because I just did it in my neighborhood against really good competition. Okay. So what um, was the, what was the reason for the, the not playing or was it just, uh, it was more my fun parents to play? No, you know, they're not, they weren't sports people. My parents are not sports people. And, okay. Uh, just didn't have money. <laughs> okay. Uh, and sports cost money. As yes. In yeah. the nineties. So uh, it's, it's crazy now. Like I couldn't even imagine now what it costs. Uh, but um yeah, well, just, I have three kids. It's yeah. not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just didn't have money. Um, uh, you know, I remember my first time telling my mom I need cleats. She was like, what are those and why do you need them? Why can't you just wear the shoes I bought you for school? I'm like, well, I have to go to school in those. 
uh, and I need cleats. So she figured out a way. But I love my parents, man, because they always figured out a way to do it. Uh, so I, I was a kid that never went without. And uh, it made me very humble. You know, uh, Even I wanted the nice things, but they found a way to just give me what I needed, you know, uh, not what I wanted. Okay. And, uh, definitely made an impact on my adult life. What were your, what were your parents? Did they, oh, you already said that they didn't have the upbringing in the sports. Right. But your dad made dad sure that you were, okay, your dad was in the army. So you yeah. traveled a lot. Uh, he or did. moved around a lot. He did. We did it. Um, okay. Uh, and then he, he, he was in reserves for pretty much my whole teenage years. Uh, so he was, he had, he was at one base. Uh, he was a chef in the army and uh, he was a sergeant, but he was also a chef in the army. So I would go to the base with him on weekends and watch him cook for hundreds and hundreds of soldiers, man. And uh, just the way he commanded the kitchen, the way he ran the kitchen. Uh, my mom was also in the food industry. She uh, was, she still is actually um, a, a lunchroom lady at uh, for Chicago public schools, which she loves. She's getting ready to retire in a couple of years, but uh She's been doing that since, man, since I was probably like five. So they've both been in the food industry for all that time. So they made it work. Okay. They made it work. Um, Well, thank you for your service to your dad. Definitely. And your mom, I have no doubt, worked her tail off. She did. doing (laughs) Doing what she was doing as well. Plus having to make time for you and your brother. Any other siblings? Uh, so it's, I'm one of five. I, um. I'm the middle out of five. I have two older brothers, uh, a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay. Uh, my sister's the youngest. She's the only girl. Um, she's the heartbeat of our family. Okay. So I love her to death. She's uh, she's tough. She's it, tough. She, she has to be. <laughs> four, four boys above her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, where you were you were playing with your friends out in the street, down mm-hmm. in the field. Um, did you create, did you have a passion that that was something you look forward to do every day or was it just the camaraderie with the neighborhood kids and your friends? Um, my thinking was, it was a way sports was a way of me getting out of the neighborhood uh, that I was in. It wasn't a great neighborhood. It was a good neighborhood for as far as, um, community, but, uh, the gangs and, the you know, violence and the drugs, um, I knew the only way I was getting out of that situation was to play sports. Okay. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't have a plan. I just knew if I just worked my butt off some kind of way, I'll, I'll, I'll I can get out of Chicago. And and it did. Uh, playing sports opened my eyes to a lot of different things. It actually opened my eyes to different parts of Chicago I didn't know about. Um, just going up north, Chicago, like suburbs to play sports. And I'm like, wow. These kids got it all, but I had a little different upbringing, but I wasn't upset about it. It was mm-hmm. just like, I can get out of my neighborhood if I just apply myself, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever. And my That's dad an awesome to mentality me, to have. Yeah, yeah. And my dad used to always tell me, um, you can be anything. And I took that and ran with it. <laughs> I did, man. Um, he, just do anything, just as long as you love it and just be whatever. Don't let no one tell you you can't. What was your dad's upbringing like before uh, joining? Was it the army? Yeah, he he got in really early, like seventeen. Like, okay, he got in right before Vietnam. 
Uh, I think it was 69 he got in. Okay. Yeah, so it, the war was ending as he when he turned 18. Okay. So, um, he missed the war, but uh, he was uh, he was on the tail end of it. He was still in basic training when the war was ending. So, um, but he made a great career out of it. Uh, like I said, he's a leader. I always took charge of that and love that about him. Um, he just, he takes command of a room when he comes in. Uh, super funny guy. Um, he raised us all to be men. Um, he was tough on us and he had to be. Uh, my dad was the only dad really in the neighborhood. So okay. all the kids came to our house. Um, and what did you, th- what did you think about that? Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot because. Did you, did you know, did you know about it then at the time no. that your dad was like the neighborhood dad or no. is it like reflecting back? It's reflecting back. Okay. I didn't realize it at the time. And once I got in my like late twenties, I look back on it like, wow. Uh, this dude raised not only us, but he raised a lot of other kids in the neighborhood. You know, um, he was the he was the super dad, like he really was. Okay, um, he really was. Uh, I must say, he. I mean, he just he was there for advice, great advice. Um, he was a straight shooter. He told you just like it was. He never got upset. You know, even if you did something like stupid as a teenager like he never got upset about it he just said okay this is what you need to do to fix it and let's not do it again okay you know he um, let you make mistakes oh yeah and then learn and then learn from them yeah yeah and uh with me it it just i just well thank god i had two older brothers that i learned from their mistakes (laughs) (laughs) so um you know that was a that was a blessing but uh no he, he he was he was a good dad man he 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 was tough on us when he had to be, but then he was also very fun when he had to be. Okay. You know, um, that was, we had so much fun, man. I mean, he patents himself out to be a carpenter. I mean, we, we rebuilt the garage. We remodeled the bathroom. We redid the basement. I mean, he kept us busy. He woke us, he woke us up every Sunday morning, come out and do lawn work. You know, I'm like, ah, man, we just, I want a work ethic. Yeah. You know, just get up and do things. Um, he's like, you can go to church with your mom, but you're going to cut this grass first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Every Sunday morning. So, you know, we didn't get out of that. And, uh, you know, he raised us, like I said, uh, like to be men. He was tough on us, but he was also great. You know, and uh, you can talk to him about anything. He was also your best friend. You know, still to this day, I can talk to him about whatever. Okay. I feel now as I'm older, um, I can go to him with anything, you know, now it was, it's relationships, girls, whatever. Uh, then, you know, you kind of, you know, it's your dad, you don't want to tell him everything, but now I go to him for everything. Okay. It's, it's the same great advice. That's a special relationship. Oh yeah. To have big time, big time. Um, so your, your baseball, when you were playing, did you play baseball in high school? Play what sports did you play in high school? I played football, basketball, and baseball in high school. Okay. Um, I played varsity as a freshman baseball, and I didn't pick up football until my junior year of high school. My mom just wouldn't let me. Okay. Uh, she was afraid I would get hurt. Okay. Um, her thing was, uh, I'm not paying the hospital bill. <laughs> but I was like, look, I'm really good. <laughs> She's like, how do you know that? You've never played. I'm like, I play. Like, I know I'm good. And, and I was. Um, but um, 
baseball came. It was it was hard to pick up the fundamentals because I had started late, like organized. I was naturally talented because uh, I knew I could run, um, and uh, I didn't have the uh, the hitting uh, right away um, in high school. But um, I just made I just used my athletic ability to the best of my ability. Did you ever get frustrated? Yes, all the time. I still do. Okay. <laughs> yes, um, all the time because I I want to be good. At, you know, and uh, I'm a team guy. Like I love teammates. Like I love being around my teammates. I really consider my teammates like my friends in real mm-hmm. life. You know, like even though I was an adult, uh, whatever. Well, I play baseball, so I hang out with my my friends are my baseball teammates. Like that's it's a small little family. Yeah, and um, I get frustrated, man, because you just you want to be good, and you want to be there, and it's, and it's the competitiveness I have in me. Definitely. I'm just a competitor, man. I want to win at everything. I don't care what it is. I want to be good at everything. And um but also do it with, you know, humility and you know and grace and well, baseball is the most humbling sport because oh, you will fail seven out of time. ten times and you're still successful. <laughs> big time. And uh, I've learned that as an adult that you just can't get mad at it because it can turn into whip. It can just turn like that. Yep. Like, you know, it, it can turn very, very quickly to where you going you ha- you're going you're having the best day. You've hit home runs. You've scored bases. I mean, everything. And then you go 0 for 4. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, you know, that brings you back down to reality. So um, I've learned not to uh, get too high in it, you know, but uh, just to keep working, just to keep working. Um, I treat it as if I get paid for it. Okay. Know? And I love that, you know. Um, you, after high school, uh-huh. Did you get looked at for anything? I did not. Um, I didn't. Um, it got to the point where I was just like, I have to find it on my own. Um, I wasn't highly recruited for anything. Um, I did get offers to run track. Okay. Um, but it wasn't the cool sport in my neighborhood. So I didn't follow it. That was one of my biggest regrets. Okay. Cause I should have did that. Okay. I should have did that. Um, but I just didn't have that mentor of someone telling me, you know, maybe this is your way out. Um, I remember going to a sports camp, uh, when I was like 16 and a guy was like, you know what sport you'd be really good at tennis. I was like, really? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. So I played it that summer and I won all kinds of trophies. But okay. then I got the minute school started back, I got right back into, you know, the sports my, you know, kids play in my neighborhood. They don't, they don't play tennis. It wasn't mm-hmm. a tennis court to be found in my neighborhood. But uh, that's another regret. I was like, oh, shit, I should have did that. <laughs> um, but looking back, man, um, I had to know. I, I went to a junior college, man. I had to I had to walk on. Okay. I had to, had to work my way. Where did you go? Uh, Jackson State Community College in Jackson, Tennessee. Okay. Um, play basketball there. So didn't play baseball. Uh, uh, I had stopped playing baseball. Uh, and the seasons kind of basketball overlaps mm-hmm. the, the winter mm-hmm. or the, yeah. the fall season to the spring season. The, yeah. the basketball does. Well, I didn't in high school. I, I mean, I was good at baseball, but I wasn't college level good. Um, looking back on it, if I would have put the work in, I put in now as an adult, I probably would have. Found a way to do both. Yeah. Okay. Well, just be a good baseball player because um, it is my favorite sport. Um, 
but I didn't, I didn't do it. So, uh, I didn't stick with basketball in college either. Uh, once I got there, man, I was, you know, I got there and I got out of Chicago. That was the goal. And then my young mind was, okay, I did what I set out to do, which, which was just to get out. And, uh, so I gave up sports for a while, man, but I still enjoyed it. I still was around there. I still went to games, but, um, you know, I just stopped playing. Okay. And then, and then did what? Uh, a number of things. <laughs> so, uh, I went to college my first year, um, uh, my first years. Then, um, I worked just regular stuff, worked at UPS for a while. Um, just jobs, just jobs in okay. school, man. I finished school and, uh, I moved to Atlanta. And that's when I really started to find my way uh, by yourself, by myself. Yes. How was that leaving the family? Um, easy. <laughs> uh, because, uh, my mom wanted me out of the neighborhood. Okay. So she still gets nervous when I go home. Like, okay. It's like, okay, well then, you know, don't leave out. Don't go anywhere. Don't be in it by nine. I'm like I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was easy, man, because uh, I had the family support and okay. they didn't mind me leaving so um moving to tennessee was uh good because my, my actually my older brother was there uh one of my older brothers was there he was he had started his whole life down there as well and um um it was easy transition because i i was under his wing but then he moved back to chicago and i was still in tennessee and so then i just i used to go to atlanta and i was like i'm gonna just move and I just packed all my stuff and moved one day, man. And uh, I've been there 15 years. Outstanding. Yeah. And I've done quite a bit in Atlanta. I've done, uh, wow, uh, acting. I've, I was an actor there. I, uh, I'm a chef now. Um, I play baseball down there. So it's, 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 it's given me a lot of opportunities. What got you into the acting? Um. a good question um i met this girl oh there it is yeah i met this girl <laughs> and she was um she was going to this acting school and she was telling me like you know you should do it you should give it a try and i'm like she's like you're funny you should give it a try and i was like i'll go with you and watch and the minute i watched it i was like oh i love this and i did it and uh i went there to that school for two years um i had got signed by agency uh, did the whole acting thing but then i just i don't know i fell out of love with it i see you as a challenge guy yeah okay so you have the the tennis that was like well i've never done that before i'm gonna take it on yes and then and then now the acting yeah you know you're you're telling your story and that's a challenge i i'm gonna i'm gonna give it my best shot right. and i'm assuming that you learned that from your dad did you know take <laughs> take you know whatever comes in front of you and yeah. you just give it your best yep and um, then you know you're being a chef. I'm sure you you had the the desire from your or maybe not the desire, but the um the know how from your mom, mm -hmm. and then your dad being in the army. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it, you're like I can do that. I'm gonna take it head on. Yeah, yeah I, I I like to <clears throat> take challenges head on because uh, especially when people tell you you can't do something. I love when someone tells me I can't do something. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can do anything. Yeah. As long as I, I, I know I'm good at everything. And um, once I meet the challenge, it, I kind of get bored with it. Like, ah, whatever. Um, so uh, 
I had a guy tell me, he's like, ah, well, you know, you're not the right look for an actor. You don't have, you know, you don't have it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll show you. I did it. And uh, once I met it, I got bored with it. And I was just like, okay, I did it. It was something to do. Um, it wasn't a passion though. And during that time, I was in my young, early 20s, man. I was just looking for what direction my life should be going in, like something to be set in. And I was like, I have to find a passion. Like I'm into so many things. And I like so many things, but I have to lock down one thing. And uh, that's when I said, well, I, I enjoy cooking. I really do. I really enjoy cooking. Let me give that a shot. And um, did you go to culinary school to I start did. off with? Or were you doing stuff at home? Um, okay. So uh, funny story. It started off with... Um, <laughs> another girl <laughs> um, that's how all good stories start uh yeah all my all my careers have started off with a woman um so i was uh i had stopped drinking right uh i said i, I was in the atlanta party scene for a long time um and uh i wasn't happy i I'd done enough partying and going out and hanging out in bars and clubs and stuff so one morning you're about how old Ooh, this was 30. Okay. Um, one morning I woke up and I was just like, you know what? I'm not drinking today and I'm going to just see what happens. And it went from there to five years. Now to rewind, uh, my first year, uh, I start, after I stopped drinking, I had started working out a lot. I got back into the gym. I had started getting my body together. And I hired this trainer and he was telling me that I need to start preparing my own food. I was like, well, I cook, but I don't know how to cook. And I was, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know how to cook. Like, he's like, well, you need to learn. And I was dating this girl and she, I told her what he had said. And she was like, well, I'll make you a meal, you know, some healthy stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I ate it. I was like, this is great. I was like, you can do this for me all the time. I'll pay you. She's like, no, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't like doing it like that. So I'm not doing it. Okay. I got upset. And I was like, well, you know what? F it. I'll do it myself. First, made my first meal. And because uh, I was a young single guy, you know, I was microwave oven, you know. Um, I knew the bases in my head how to cook because I had watched my parents do it. Okay. But I just never did it. And your dad did it for the masses. Right. So I've watched it and picked up on things, but I've never actually done it myself. And because um, I wasn't I wasn't in the kitchen with my mom, but I watched her do it. I, I would watch her move around the kitchen. I would watch him direct people and how to move around the kitchen. But I never actually did it myself. So um, I got upset with her about not wanting to do it for me. And I just set out and it's like, OK, you ain't going to do it. I'll do it. One of those things where it's like, OK, I, I can do it myself. And I got the confidence to start putting my uh, food on Instagram and people would start asking me like, Oh, you made that. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, I just followed the recipe. Like, you know, and uh, that's my early part of cooking was just following recipes and making it look like what the picture did in the recipe. Okay. You, you want know? to plug your Instagram real quick? Oh uh, yeah. It's a uh, uh, legends kitchen, uh, uh, legends underscore kitchen. I'm sorry. Um, on Instagram and um, I started putting the food on there and um, people started taking a liking to it. And uh, I started getting, as I got better through that year, that first year, 
people ask me, uh, have a, did I go to culinary school? I was like, I didn't even know there was a such thing. <laughs> and I didn't. And uh, I went online one day and looked up, you know, culinary schools in Atlanta. And it was one right down the street from my house. So I, uh, I, uh, I asked for a tour or whatever. I went on a tour. I was like, this is cool. You know, I filled out the application, whatever. I didn't hear back for like two months. Within that two months, I was like, I'm over Atlanta. I think I'm going to move to California. <laughs> Getting ready to move to California. The week of, I made my decision to pack all my stuff and just go. Just like I moved to Atlanta, I'm just going to pick up and go. Um, no kids, no wife, no real responsibilities. I can do that, right? So the week I made my decision to leave, I get a letter in the mail saying that I got accepted into culinary school. I'm like, well, this changes Ooh, everything. <laughs> that's, this is exciting. Yeah. And um, I went back on another tour of the school and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, I was walking through the halls of the school and I would see the pictures on the walls of like the former students. And they were like these huge like uh, portraits of like them in the kitchen. And, and I was walking through there and it was like this one guy he had won a james beard award they had his picture in this like this case with all his food and his recipes and stuff and i'm seeing all this stuff like this inspiration and i'm like i'm gonna be on these walls and that I was your made, challenge that was my challenge right there like i said i'm gonna make sure i'm on all these walls and uh before i left and i graduated culinary school i was on every wall up there awesome <laughs> and right How now to this day man they they use all my accomplishments on their website okay funny story man i was driving to the game yesterday and i got a call from a number i didn't recognize i answered it and he was guy said hey can i speak to chef larry coburn i'm like yeah this is me he's like yeah man i seen you on um art institute of atlanta's um website and um i wanted to just ask you some questions about going to culinary school and what can i do you know and how can i make it so the whole time i'm driving to the game i'm on the phone with this guy who just randomly called me <laughs> but that's not the first time that's happened uh it doesn't happen often but it happens and uh it feels good that you know people see me and and, and recognize my work man and, and wants to under, like just get a general understanding about going to school and my, my 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 first thing i always say is i put in the work i really really busted my butt while but you would there. have had to have to be on the walls oh yeah there. oh yeah oh yeah um when you when you got your letter and you went back for your second tour. Mm -hmm. How long did it take for you to call your parents? That same day, the same day, same day. Uh, and, and you, and you knew excited. I have no doubt. Yeah. She was my motivation the whole time I was in school. Like she was my main motivation. And, um, I, I, everything I done, I did, or if I would get down on myself, I would think, you know, you're doing this to make her happy. Um, and she was so excited when I went to culinary school. She was more excited with me going to culinary school than regular college. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I, I love making my mom happy. You know, um, I remember to rewind a little bit. Um, I remember I told her I wanted to be an actor and I showed her my videos and she, um, she just started crying. And she just told me, she's like, I wanted to be an actress when I was a little girl. And she's like, you know, you, you just live all my dreams. And okay. I, and that made me really appreciate. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I didn't. And it was, um, 
It was shocking. It made me cry. Okay. And she was hugging me and she was crying. And I was like, why are you crying? And she was like, I wanted to be an actress when I was a little girl. And now even to this day, she, she, she inquires about culinary school after she retires. She wants to just go and just be. I was like, man, do it. So uh, just doing some things that my mom never got a chance to do and she's living through me. It's, it's awesome. And I make sure she's incorporated everything in everything I do. My mom, um, when she was in high school, was supposed to go to the University of Jamestown mm-hmm. on a band, band scholarship. Okay. Didn't. She got pregnant with me. Okay. I ended up going to the University of Jamestown. Nice. And I I didn't know that story. Yeah. Um, but uh we're gonna take a little break right here. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about your passion for cooking. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about MSBL and your brother. Welcome back to Hot Cast One Radio Podcast. The number three hitter is sitting in the chair with Mr. Larry Colbert from Atlanta, GA. Um, Albert is still back home. We're down here in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, playing in the MSBL 40 and Over World Series. Um, Larry, uh, loving the conversation start off with. Uh, let's go back to you being in school. Okay. And the... What was your, did in school, do they teach you a little bit about everything or do you, do they give you a specialization to, to go into? Um, okay. So how it worked was I thought that, but what it ended up being was they just basically taught you the fundamentals and, um, it was up to you to gain and get the, uh, advanced stuff on your own. Um, studying, you know, reading, uh, working in a restaurant while you're in school, um, getting that experience you need. But pretty much culinary school, they just teach you the uh, fundamentals. Now, if you were like some like but somebody like me who loves to go above and beyond in everything he does, you know, certain teachers took notice to that and gave me a little more than probably they gave somebody else, you know? Um, and I took advantage of that because, you know, it's just going to make me better. Um, and you was, were going in raw. Oh, I mean, yeah, you were, you yeah. were, you were cooking at home doing your, you yeah. know, making your healthy meals, Yeah, but you still didn't really I know worked the in a restaurant. Okay. Uh, not as a chef. I worked in a restaurant as a waiter and as a, you know, a busboy, a dish dishwasher, but I had never cooked. Okay. But I would hang out in the kitchen though. Um, I had worked at a country club for five years and I was a bartender. I was a waiter. I was a banquet setup, but I would be in the kitchen with the guys all day long and, um, sitting back there watching them move around and asking questions. I would ask a lot of questions. Like, why did you put that sauce? Why did you put that in that sauce? Why did you cut that that way? Why not knowing that I was actually learning mind storing. Okay information so when i got to school all these techniques that i seen while working in the restaurant industry it all came back like oh i remember chef did that you know um and i remember this and i remember that and i I applied it to what i was doing 
Um, so it was a little bit of a cheat code for me, you know, but you know, I, I used it to my advantage. Okay. You know, my dad always told me, you know, just have common sense and things and, you know, uh, if you don't know it, act like you do know it. Okay, <laughs> just play it off. Yeah. It's like it's like a it's like a ball going into second base. Yeah. You put the tag on, and you come up, <laughs> and you sell it. That's right. That's right. Um, where so you're in school, and a passion was growing inside of you. Yeah. What was the what was the draw to keep coming back? Where uh, it, obviously it was you know filling your heart with something. Um. The passion came from me just wanting to be really good at it and get the appreciation from people, even though I didn't have the experience. Um, and people treated me like I had been doing it forever, and I really hadn't. Um, I, I did like that, but I didn't. I didn't want to be a, an imposter. I really wanted to be a good chef. Like I really wanted to be a good chef. So I absorbed as much information as I could. And like I said just the work ethic, um, whether it was staying out to class, cleaning the stoves when nobody was in there, just to do it. And people noticed that. I wasn't trying to be a, a goody two-shoe or a, a, a teacher's pet. It was just like, I like to be clean. Um, and uh, I, I like things to be in order. I like things to go the right way because I just feel like, you know, my dad always used to tell me, you know, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Right. So if you prepare for something, you don't have to worry about your performance being bad. Uh, so put your all into it. And um, I would stay behind in class and, and clean stoves, wash floors and just do the things that no one asked me to do. I would just do it, you know, because so, it needed to be done because I didn't want to cook on a dirty stove. So I'll clean all the stoves. Uh, so um, just that that work ethic, you know, okay. um, just that drive to just want to be better. So through school, what, what was your passion going through school and going to the next step? Um, or what line were you, were you, you know, searching for to that's the avenue I want to go down? Owning my own business. Um, the passion was, I remember my first year coming here to Arizona. Um, I was finishing school and, um, I was in a house full of guys. It was 15 of us in one house. And uh, I had my laptop and my headphones and I was working on my restaurant that I currently own now. Okay. But I was designing it for a class I had to take. Um, it was my final class and I had to present a full functioning restaurant on paper. And so um, while guys were partying and hanging out, I was sitting in front of my laptop doing my homework. Okay. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was playing baseball. Okay. <laughs> so my first experience of Arizona was homework the whole time. And um, uh, it was just the passion just just wanted to, to just make my because I knew once I finished school, it couldn't stop there. I had to continue to find something else to drive me. Yep. And uh, that was opening up Aroma. Aroma is my uh, baby. It's uh, something I've worked very hard at over the years. Still not quite where I want it, but um, I have more ideas and more things that I want to get done with it. Um, a little plug here is the uh, website for Aroma. It's aromapcc.com. Um, that is where you can see everything, uh, along with my Instagram, which is legends underscore kitchen. Um, 
I've uh, I've come so far in in, in with Aroma. It's uh, truly I, I just didn't see it coming a couple of years ago. I just didn't see it happening. So it still challenges me. It still it still challenges me big time. So what is what's the um, food for Aroma? Uh, whatever or the want. menu. Whatever you want. Uh, whatever the customer wants, I make, which is different from a typical restaurant where they say this is what we have and this is what we make. Uh, with me, it's I know how to do everything. I can do. I worked in a sushi restaurant for two and a half years. I've, I've been. I've done Indian food. I've been trained to cook all types of food. So, um, what's your favorite? Duck. Duck. <laughs> yes, I, I love cooking duck. Uh, French. Uh, French cuisine. I love cooking French cuisine. But uh, if I had to go a certain way, it would be uh, a certain food. It would be duck. Uh, I've won a few competitions with some duck dishes. So. Okay. <laughs> that was also a, a thing that drove me in um, in school. Uh, I wasn't the typical student because I wasn't just going to class and then going home. I was going to class and then preparing to get ready for competitions, which okay. were like basically chop type situations okay. where you have an hour to make four plates of food while being judged by these dudes in long white coats. And... Um, master chefs at that they're 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 certified master chefs okay and uh if you know anything about the master chef like the real master chef not the tv show um it is a grueling process to be get that title so it's a seven day process test only every day um it costs thirty thousand dollars no refund if you fail okay the it's i think I believe it's only like 370 in the world, um, 70, you know, 65 in the United States. Um, one black chef who went to my school. Okay. <laughs> um, I took a liking to him very fast. He was one of the guys I seen on the wall and I was like, I want to be him. Okay. And I had my opportunity to work with him. My first competition, um, Kevin, I'm not gonna lie to you. The five minutes in the kitchen with this dude, I was, I was in awe. I was like, this dude is the legit. Um, his name is uh, uh, Master Chef Daryl Schuler. Um, I, I look up to him so much, man. He's, Where is he at now? He's in Atlanta. He's still okay. in Atlanta. He's still he just Atlanta. opened up a school himself. He opened up a school slash restaurant. This dude is the most humblest guy I've ever met. I'm talking about. If you've seen him, you would think he's this giant. Like he's six four. 200 plus pounds, deep voice, intimidating, but he's a gentle giant. Okay. Like, he's not the typical yell at you, cuss at you, chef. He's one of those guys that walks into the room and the eyes yeah, just go that way. <laughs> yeah. But he's the only black master chef in the world. Okay. Um, and he passed that test on the first try. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just, what does it, it take to, what does it take to, to, past that become a master chef oh everything um you pretty much have to know everything that has to do with everything that pertains to food um the science behind it uh what pots and pans do language the dictionary like you know you have to know it all uh, it's a grueling test it's not just cooking it's a book test as well like uh, most of it is uh writing and uh like i said it's it, it just to get certified for it is $30,000. Wow. And you don't get that back. Okay. Fail. <laughs> I think the failure rate on that test is like in the high 80s. Wow. Yeah, 90s maybe. 
the people that even get the chance to take it because you have to actually qualify to take it. So with a list of experience. I mean, this guy was an Olympian. I didn't even know there was a such thing as an Olympian Olympics for chefs. Really? And he was on the United States team. Okay. He won two gold medals. That's awesome. So um my first um my first competition, he I practiced with him and um I went to his kitchen and I would sit there and I would uh we were we were going back and forth. He's like, You're gonna do great, you know, I, you know. I think you you got it hands down. My first competition, I got a little nervous at the beginning. I ended up cutting myself. So that kind of slowed me down a little bit. It slowed my heart rate down, what I should say. But so I was, after I did that, I was just like, you know what? Let's just cook for the rest of the time. Okay. So I did, finished the dish. I went over it on time a little bit. I ended up losing because I went over it on time. Okay. But I got high marks in cleanliness, um, uh, performance, and my food. The no-no was the time. The time. And the guy, he finished before me. Um, he turned his food in on time, but his station was a mess. His food was, it was okay. But um, I ended up winning second place and a bronze medal. 30 days later, I, I called Sh- uh, Chef Schuler and I told him, I said, hey, Chef, I'm going I'm to go, do it again. I'm going to enter another competition. This one's in Nashville. I'm going to drive up to Nashville and uh, I'm going I'm to do it again. And he was like, man, just do everything we worked on and just keep pushing, 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 pushing. And uh, he said, perfect it, you know, and I did. And I, I won first place and gold in that next one. And he was so excited. Oh, and $500 too. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so excited for me that that drove me more Okay. to do more, want to do more. And um, just putting myself out there, you know, I'm a sports guy. So, you know, playing in front of people is one thing, but cooking in front of people is uh it's terrifying but once you get used to it and you you, you take on that challenge you excel so i i went on to win two more gold medals and a james beard award um so what is the james beard award so the james beard award is pretty much one of the highest awards you can win as a chef it's like that certified stamp of approval i won it as a student um and um so basically i entered a competition where i had to make a, a holiday menu for thanksgiving and they chose my menu and they flew me to New York um, for Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving. I was there for a week and I got to cook Thanksgiving dinner for 180 people at uh, $150 a plate. Wow. For Thanksgiving dinner, Thanksgiving morning. So they chose my menu and then did okay. it. And then uh, it was a, it was a great experience. And I got a free trip to New York. <laughs> awesome. So you, yeah. you, you, you did that, but I want to know, what was the first meal you made for your parents? My mom. Because I, I know they're like, there's the kitchen. My dad. my dad won't allow me to cook for him yet. Really? <laughs> no, really? Man, he, but I go home, man. He 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 breaks out the pots and pans. And I guess this is his way of saying I can still get down myself. <laughs> like, I know you're a chef, but I'm the real chef. Okay. So I don't cook for my dad. Or I haven't cooked for my dad. But my mom, uh, and it's funny, man, because me and my dad made Thanksgiving dinner for our family two years ago. And that was one of the best experiences I've had Okay. because I'm still learning from him. Okay. You know, I was telling you guys the other night about how he just taught me how to make noodles faster and better. And, you know, he goes, he always goes, you can use that one. You can use that. When he shows me something, he goes, you can use that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my mom, my first meal I made for my mom was, um, it was a chicken dish. Uh, no, I take that back. It was spaghetti. She came and stayed with me in Atlanta for two weeks last summer. 
and um, she couldn't come down this summer because of COVID. But last summer she came, and I cooked for her the whole time. I mean, we made everything. We made I made spaghetti, chicken, steak. Uh, she wanted uh, tomato soup, grilled cheese. So I made it all fancy for her, you know. Had to have been super proud of you. <laughs> oh yeah, she loved it. She loved it. She loved it. Um, she calls me often, and I and I consider her the better cook. I really do. She's the best one in my family. Um, but she calls me often and asks me for recipes on how to do certain techniques and things like that. So that that warms my heart when she calls me, and I'm like, she's the master, really. Okay. You know, she's asking me. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. How to do things. Um, your brother. Um, he's back in Chicago. He is. Um, or how close are you guys? Uh, me and Dante, Dante is the brother you're referring to. Uh, me and Dante are a year apart. Uh, we, I'm the oldest. He, he and I are two different people, but we are the same because we like the same things, but we, if that makes sense, uh, we like sports. We like, you know, same TV shows and stuff like that. But when it comes to like personal stuff, we're so different. You know, he's not athletic, uh, but he loves sports. Um, I'm athletic, so, you know, I played sports as a kid. Uh, but um, we are, we, we're, we're really close. I, I take him to be one of the funniest people I know in my life. Okay. Like, seriously, he is hilarious. <laughs> he's a straight shooter. He gets that from my dad. Like, he tell he doesn't hold back. When he wants to tell you something, he tells you. And so um, he's a great little brother. He's always a great little brother, though. And and you just did something special for him. I did. I uh, donated my kidney to him. So Dante growing up had uh, juvenile diabetes. Um, the diabetes kind of took a you know toll on his body, and um, you know over the years you know it it kind of messed some things up with inside of him. But uh, he's the strongest person I've ever met. Like seriously, not only is the funny person, but he's the strongest person because he's he's been dealing with some issues throughout his whole life. And uh, I, I told him myself, like, you know, I couldn't have possibly did half the things you've been through. Like, I couldn't have went through it. I just don't have that kind of strength. You are the strongest person I've ever met. And he is. Um, tough guy, man. So when I donated the kidney to him, that was his 16th surgery. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that was number 16. Sweet 16 is what he called it. And, uh, it, you know, that was the one that saved his life. Um, he He had kidney failure in both kidneys so uh he was donated a kidney by a lady that passed away and um it went bad fast um uh so it didn't last a year and so then they told him that he had to do um he had to get a donor a live donor so um they put the thing out on facebook and you know they were just asking random people to um you know give it to him and i'm like well you know let's find out if you know i am and I went the day I found out. I went, and the next morning it came back. Me and it was the same blood type. Never knew that, <laughs> and um, it dawned on me then that I'm taking a huge step. Because I was like, once I found out, I was like, okay, either you tell him you're the same, you're the match on the blood, which doesn't determine if you're a match with the kidney. Yes, correct. Um, but if you commit to telling him, you're committing to this whole thing. So um, that was April of uh, 2019 when I found that out. So I gave him a call and he's down in the dumps because, you know, he, I mean, that's impossible for somebody just to say, hey, I'm going to give you a kidney. You know, uh, it doesn't happen every day. 
So I called him and that conversation was probably the realest conversation I've ever had with anybody. Say, hey, bro, uh, I was a match on the blood. I'm going to give you the kidney. And it was just stone silence. For the first time in his life, he didn't say anything. <laughs> He's just like, uh, Larry, I'm going to call you back. <laughs> and I was like, no, talk to me, man. I need to know. I need some reassurance that you're comfortable with this. Yep. He was like, no, I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm going to call you back. I'm like, no, you need to stay on the phone with me and talk. <laughs> and uh, I can hear it in the background that, you know, he put the phone down. So I was like, all right, bro, just call me back. So he didn't call me for like... <laughs> uh probably a week and so then one day he called and i was like hey you know you know you all right and he's like yeah it's just a lot you know i don't i don't want you to you know change your life or anything like that i don't want you to do it. and i'm like bro it's not, it's not a big deal you know and this is me like me and his first real like conversation okay and uh you know um i told him i said no man i'll do it and then uh, he was like, all right, I'm going to give you the number to the lady. If you call her, you call her. If you don't, you don't. Was he balancing what the effects that were mm-hmm. going to happen to you mm-hmm. to his worth Yeah, in life? Yeah, big time. And uh, I picked up on that. But I had to reassure him that I'm okay with it. You know, it's, it's God's plan. And uh, I had stopped drinking. I stopped working out. I had dude, I had did a whole life change and didn't know why. Okay. I was still questioning myself, like, why am I doing all this? You know, like, why am I wow. li- living like this? Like, I'm not, you know, I'm eating right. I'm working out. I'm back. I'm playing baseball. I'm, I'm getting my body together. Like, uh, I'm not abusing it anymore. Like, where did this come from? Like, this is some type of what is what is going on? And I was just like, just listen, you know, just listen to God, and it'll be all right. So, um, I told him, and then I told my mom. <laughs> And when I told my mom I was a match, she was scared. She was scared shitless because um, she's like, well, I don't know. I don't want both of y'all on the table at the same time. And I didn't even think about it like that no. until she said it. And she's like, I could possibly lose two kids at once. I'm like, well, well, don't push me over that. Give me a chance, mom. Not only, not only did I have to reassure him, now I have to reassure her. Okay. Never talked about it to my dad until the day of the surgery. So two years went past almost, and I never had talked to my dad about it. And the conversation we had was, I don't worry about you. You're making the right decision. That's why we didn't talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. Okay. I was like, I knew that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew I didn't have to talk about it with my dad. Because talking about it meant someone was wrong. Not talking about it meant everything was where it was supposed to be. Okay. And uh, I knew I had his confidence without... Talk, having to talk to him about it so just reassuring my mom and reassuring my brother was that i'm okay like i'm gonna be all right um i was like guys i am very passionate about doing things in my life and i want to get back to my life you know so we had some setbacks with the surgery um it got pushed back a couple times um it got pushed back actually once while i was actually on the plane going to chicago it got canceled and he really went in the dumpster. So I just had to reassure him that I am not changing my mind. And that, and every time it got canceled, he, he gave me these, he called me with these like talks about if you don't want to do it anymore, you know, and I'm like, dude, whenever it happens, I'm going to be ready, you know? And so it finally happened September 2nd of 2020. And, um, one of the best days of my life, it was painless. Um, 
it was major surgery um and everybody kept telling me oh you're gonna be out this long you're gonna do i'm like no no way no way uh three weeks i was back on the field playing baseball and i was supposed not to play for three months okay so i'm not even supposed to be here <laughs> <laughs> so um i feel great i told them the next day like i feel great like you know like i don't feel any different it's a little pain you know some pain here and there but once the pain went away and um, the uncomfortable with the scar went away uh, and your brother's doing good he's doing great um he had a little trouble with his heart um two weeks ago but they cleared it up he had a valve that wasn't uh getting uh enough blood going through it so um it had a little bit of blockage um but uh other than that man they they, they cleared it up uh he's in good spirits he's been calling me every day so you know he's he's doing good uh he actually called me when I was getting off the plane to come here and uh, he was just telling me a funny story and I'm gonna keep that one between us. <laughs> and, um, and it was just good to hear him laughing again, but he, cause he has his sights set on so much. So he, he can't fly or anything for a while. So he, he told me, he said, Hey man, my first trip, when I did allow me to leave, I'm coming to Atlanta to see you. So I, I am excited about that. That's just, awesome. You know, just to have him back and, you know, doing some, normal things man that you know he, he hasn't been able to do but he's walking without a cane he's he's gaining weight he's eating food he's these are things he hasn't done in a long long time like the simple things in life that people kind of take for granted like going to the bathroom uh on your own or you know eating food uh, you know whole meals uh i remember after the surgery a week after the surgery he was like hey man come over for you know uh, a steak dinner i'm gonna make steak and he's an awesome cook too, uh, by the way. Uh, I, I cannot leave that out. He's a really good. He he's probably the one that wanted to be a chef. Okay. To be honest, um, he's a really good cook. And so he came. I went over to his house for some steak and uh, you know potatoes, and uh, watching him eat a whole meal was amazing to me. Then he had some chips afterwards. Then he had a donut and ice cream. I'm like, yes, get it. <laughs> you know? And I was yep. like, the kidney's working. Yes. So uh it, it it was good it was good that's awesome yeah. um and he's been in contact with you while you're here oh yeah seeing how you're yeah. doing does he do the same thing when you're playing ball down in Atlanta? yes uh actually we've become a lot closer it's funny because he calls me now he's like hey do you like oatmeal i'm like yeah i have oatmeal every morning he's like yeah for some reason i hate oatmeal <laughs> and now i'm eating oatmeal every day i was like well yeah you're probably going to start eating a lot healthier now that you have a part of me in you there you go <laughs> there you go so you know he um he calls me with these random questions. Do you like apple juice? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. He's like, I never have apple juice. Now I'm drinking apple juice. So, you know, it's it's funny. I, and it's like, that's funny how the body works, you know, um, that you pick up things. So I was like, hey, man, I, I hope you pick up the gene of going to start to work out, man, you know, getting your body back together. So it's been good, man. I can't complain. Wanted to give a quick shout out to a friend of ours, Jacob Miller, the owner of Sam's and Coffee. He's in the Marabou Business District, North Pines. They have breakfast. They've got salads. They've got sandwiches. They have coffee. Albert, what is your favorite sandwich at Sam's and Coffee? Mine is the BLT on croissant, which is amazing. Mine, of course, egg salad sandwich. Made fresh every day, and I couldn't be happier you download the app sam's and coffee and whatever you use google play or apple play download the app um, put in your card information and you can pick 
whatever you want from their menu and they'll have it ready in 15 to 20 minutes or you can select whatever time and stop in pick it up Jacob will have a smile on his face and you're supporting local business how important is that Albert I think it's awesome man Sam's and Coffee North Marabou Park check Get it out it. Since the beginning of the pandemic, everyone has either wanted or needed to make their dollar stretch or go to a worthy cause. Beard Care takes no shortcuts to keeping that manly look under a certain price point. Gibby's Beard Company is fully veteran-owned and operated. Yeah, that's beard wash, beard oils, and beard balm, plus some awesome apparel on the website, gibbysbeardco.com. That's gibbysbeardco.com. And don't forget to use the promo code GARZA to receive 20% off your first order. That's GARZA. G-A-R-Z-A. Get a healthier beard in 30 days or your money back. Gibby'sBeardCo.com So we talked about your restaurant, Aroma. We talked about um, your cooking experience. Mm -hmm. I want to touch about, talk about your a World Series experience uh-huh. and how you became an Oakland soldier. All right. Well, um, about three years ago, I met um, I met uh, Burton Burton Parker. Uh, he we played together on a uh, traveling team in out of Atlanta. We went down to Florida, and uh, he seen me play, and uh, he 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 asked uh, if I would be interested in coming to Arizona to play for. Um, the a team out of Oakland. I was like, yeah, man. He's like, we need a center fielder. Um, he said, you'll have fun. He, he gave me the rundown. And, um, and of course I, uh, I told big John, big John Anderson, uh, told John, John was interested as well. I told Burton, I said, Hey, John is, John wants to come too. And uh, he said, Oh, that'd be great. We need another pitcher anyway. I'm like, good. A big left-handed pitcher. A big left-handed <laughs> pitcher. Strong arm. John's my best friend, man. He's a, he's a great guy and a, and a really good ball player. So um, we, we came out here for the first time three years ago. Uh, we didn't do too too good um, the first year here, but off the field was really good. Um, we had a really good time um, on and off the field, even though we didn't win. Uh, we still had a great time and uh, came back last year, met you guys. You guys came down, joined the team, um, won a few games. Um, it started to look better, you know, um, had, had a, uh, once again, had another great time off the field. Um, the competition here was much better uh, from the, the previous year that I had came the first year. Um, it seemed like the competition had gotten better the second year. So um, playing, playing, uh, playing down here, I was like, "Wow, these guys are good on this side of the country." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, followed that up with this year. I came back by myself. I was the only Atlanta guy to come back this year. Yep. And um, we were glad to have you. Yeah. And uh, this year was a ride, man. It was it was fun, man. We we had a good dugout. Um, did some uh some uh, pretty cool things. We fought and we 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 battled back from some adversity. Um, being down uh, early in the game and coming back and pulling, pulling it, pulling it out towards the end, winning a couple games, um, pulled away from a team by a big margin. I've never experienced that big of a margin in a game before. <laughs> yeah, that was against the SoCal Trojans. Yeah, 
Um, I think we put up what 32, 32, like 32 yeah. to seven. So, um, just that, uh, so I, that was a good way to kick off the week. And, um, so it's been a good week, man. Uh, earlier we was talking about my brother and, uh, Pat had did me a huge, huge solid that he didn't even know about Tony. He, um, oh yes, Tony, Tony, Tony. I'm sorry. Tony, Tony did me a huge solid, um, that he didn't even know about. And, uh, he was recording all my at-bats for my brother. So, he can kind of stay engaged with what I'm doing, you know, just to kind of give him that, um, that sense of, uh, um, you know, to keep fighting for, towards his goals. You know, after surgery, I had to go to play here and, uh, we had talked before, um, it you know, might not happen. Yeah. We talked before the surgery and I was like, big guy, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I said, Hey man, I'm going to, you know, do my best to get healthy and get back and, and be on time for the tournament. So, and I think you did that. Um, I did. <laughs> how, how are you feeling at the end of the week? Uh, I feel great, man. Um, be honest, I have no pain. Um, Good. None. Uh, I can play again tomorrow. Okay. Actually, I have to play again Tuesday when I get back to Atlanta. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, no, what'd your man, brother I'm, think of the videos? Oh, he loved them, man. Um, he 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 just had he, you know for the first time he's actually he's engaged with my sports because he he really wasn't. Uh, he never really asked me about you know my athletes my athleticism or my, af, you know, my, my sports, you know, um, I played a lot of sports. So, but this time around, man, he, you know, he asked so many questions like, man, how did you get back to that? You know, you were just in the hospital two months ago. And, uh, I just told him, man, set a goal and, you know, go after it and uh, go hard for it. What is the, your first time over here? What's the difference between the team then to the team now? Um, I would say leadership, man. Um, we had a good dugout. Um, shout out to you, man, for being just a good leader of our team and our dugout, man. You know, um, it's it's always good to be a um to, have, to be in a situation in, in in battling with you know good guys, and then have someone that you know calms everyone down and and you know, like I told you earlier, man. You know, it's you you didn't ask anybody to do something that you wouldn't do. You know, so um, you had a great week and uh, we fed off of you and it was just leadership, man. And uh, a good dugout. Everybody was calm, cool and collective, you know, uh, not to say that it wasn't in the past. It's just this felt different. Yeah. You know? um, this one, this one felt dealt a lot different. So um, we set out for a goal and and we, we, we almost accomplished it. Almost. You know? Almost. We were close, man. Yeah, we uh, we were made it to the championship game this year. We actually won a playoff game, yep. which is the first time in first Oakland time. Soldier history. Yeah, and we had to battle our tails off for that yeah. one, thirteen oh, yeah. innings. Yeah, and we were down early. Yeah. And even in a playoff game, most teams can crumble in that. Oh yeah. So you're down early. We chipped away, chipped away, and just yeah. kept it, kept the game close. Till that was the 13th. another game that I had never been in either, like a game of that magnitude where we were down that much, and. um I got that many at bats and um, we fought back and didn't win the extra innings. And <laughs> you would have had eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, but that, that was, um, that was a good experience. And it was a good team. They were, were a really good team. I mean, the other guy found out after the game, man, he took, he threw 237 pitches. Yep. He probably crazy number, crazy number. He probably could have kept going cause he was still throwing yeah. strikes. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, he just ran out of gas. I want to know what his arm felt like today. I know. Right. <laughs> What uh, what what do you pull from that to go forward? 
you you know you just said you were in a in a in a game where we just pulled away mm-hmm. early we're in a close game mm-hmm. and then we had a playoff game that was really intense right. what can you pull from those two games going forward when you go back to atlanta and start oh playing? man um good things because like i said i've only been playing I, I mean i stopped playing when i was 20. so i didn't start playing again until i was 35. I'm about to turn 40 and these last five years it's I've gained something every year. So leaving this tournament, man, I'm leaving with a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence. Um, it was the first time that I've been trusted actually just to have that leadoff spot and not be touched. You know, even if I struck out once or twice, you know, like sometimes coaches will, you know, be, have that quick pull, mm-hmm. but, um, this week, man, I, I, you know, just having that, that, uh, that no, then just knowing that, I'm going to be in that spot and I have to get on it any way possible. You know, it gave me a lot of confidence. So, well, you're a special player. I appreciate that. You, uh, you get on however it is that you get on yeah, <laughs> and you steal second base. Oh yeah. That's a double. <laughs> and uh, this week you had to have had 20 uh, ballpark steals. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. that was, that's a huge number for yeah. a week. Yeah. I have four today. So that was pretty good we uh you know we we got you on moved you over or you stole i guess (laughs) and then moved you over and you scored yeah and and as a leadoff guy you want your your leadoff guy to see a lot of pitches Mm -hmm. get on base however he can and Mm -hmm. then score runs yeah so yeah man that's what that's what it the the job is and that's what i sought out to do this week and uh, like i said just going back to atlanta with a lot of confidence that's awesome um and uh, got a championship game with my home team on Tuesday night, playing against our rivals. Uh, these guys are tough, uh, so I'm coming in with the most confidence I've probably gone into a championship game and playing against them. So, and we've played them in a championship I think four times. Okay, over the last five years, so um, it's going to be a good one. I I, uh, I uh, I'm excited. Good. <laughs> What's your favorite World Series moment that you've had? My first one ever, um, Joe Carter, the walk-off, Toronto. Uh, that was my first baseball game I watched on TV, and it was that game, and he, he I fell in love with it that night. <laughs> but uh, there's so many more. Um, the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016, that was a very special moment that cried. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, I, I like what the Dodgers did this year. Um I'm a huge fan of Mookie Betts, so um, it was good to see you know him do the things, the little things for his team. Mm-hmm. I try to draw off of that, try to find you know inspiration in things that you know guys that play the same position I play or look similar to me or to have the speed or have the you know have the, not the same skill sets, but you know have those skill sets that I dream of. I try to pattern my game after guys like him and uh, just you know do the little things. He does all the little things for his team, so it was good to see him really be a, a a, a big part of why they won you know definitely yeah and that's we see that from you as well that, that that mookie bets type player yeah. ground ball of the dirt <laughs> in any part of the field if you're on third you're yeah. scoring yeah and you're yeah. looking for that instant contact to take off yeah. that's that's a huge part of the game yeah um so you know if, if whatever you take from this and you take that back home man I, we wish you the best of luck Appreciate and success it. thank you thank you thank you um so I want to go back okay. to cooking again. Okay. You come over here mm-hmm. and you play your in the World Series here. Mm-hmm. Has anybody asked you to cook? 
Uh, one time I I did the first year I was here. I made dinner for the guys. Uh, Pete loved it. <laughs> oh, Pistol Pete. Um, he's out of Athens. Um, he uh loved it. Uh, the guys loved it. I uh I don't get to do it as much when I'm here because I feel like this is more vacation. But I enjoy being around the guys and seeing what they come up with and taking from them. Uh, Tony was making bacon the other day, man, and it was smells yep. so good. It hit you right at the door, right off the trigger, <laughs> and um. Oh man, it was delicious. So just enjoying, you know, you made the omelets and, you know, just enjoying everybody else's cooking. It's time for me to sit back and, and enjoy. But next year, I will be throwing down for you guys. <laughs> so that that would be my treat, man. Definitely. Um, so hypothetically, mm-hmm. next year, we're all sitting around a big buffet table, right. and and we want to do a Louisiana crawfish. You know that seafood table. Yeah. What's on the menu for that? I right, said so do a seafood boil. Um, it'll be everything in it. We'll probably do uh, some crawfish, some uh, some Italian sausage, uh, some smoked sausage. Um, we'll do some uh, corn on the cob, some red potatoes, some white potatoes, shrimp. Uh, what else we have here, man? We could throw in some uh, crab claws, crab legs, king crab. Um, get some newspaper, lay it out on the table, man. Dump it all in the middle of the table, man, and we just feast, man. Sounds great. Get some garlic butter, some brown garlic butter, a uh, whole bunch of seasoning in it. Uh, let that simmer for about an hour, man. Just get that butter nice and brown, man. And, and then when it's time, we just pour it over and use it for dipping. <laughs> that sounds great. This yeah. fat kid's already hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, you know, to finish up here, Art Institute of Atlanta. Yep. That's where you went to school. You can yeah. check them out online. Yeah. Um, your restaurant, aromapcc.com. That is it. Um, find the location and the menu on there. Mm-hmm. Um, legends underscore kitchen, kitchens, legends underscore kitchens on mm-hmm. Instagram. Yep. Um, follow Larry and find out what's what he's been up to and yeah. and what's going on with him and yeah. um anything else you want again. to plug? Um, I will be posting again on my on my Instagram. Um, I had took a break off of the surgery and you know getting ready getting back in shape for baseball. So um, I've been letting my workers really do the cooking, but um, I'm gonna get back out to uh posting stuff here on my Instagram and and, and uh giving you guys some content. Um. No man, that's pretty much it, man. That's uh, that's my that's my whole plug life right there, man. You got the website, the Instagram, and you know, um, I love my school. I'm glad. I'm very appreciative of it. They still use me as a, you know, um, an example of what a student should be. So um, on their website, so yeah, go check them out if you're interested in, you know, culinary school. The Art Institute is all around Atlanta. I mean, all around the uh, country. So there's art institutes everywhere. So um, that's about it, man. And, uh, um, one other thing that I have written down for you okay. is as far as the world series go here mm-hmm. in Arizona, right. you were on YouTube for making a play of the day. I did. Man. Tell us about uh, that. Uh, last year, uh, Stewie was pitching. Um, it was a shallow ball hitting to center field, man. And I just ran in right before the infield slid in there and got it. And the, uh, it was pretty cool because the announcer, we had the announcer going and the game was recorded and, um, it was in the stadium and uh slid in man just making a trying to make a play man just doing my normal things just trying to get to every ball that's in the outfield man and uh 
it was pretty cool, man, uh, to see it live on, you know, on, on foot. Because I had never seen that before. Like my, you know, somebody calling in. He was the announcer was excited. You know, the whole stadium was excited. The team was excited. So it got us going. We actually pulled that game out. Um, so he did. Yeah. So that was that was a good one. That was that was a fun game. Yeah. Um, that was uh, a game that I think Stu wanted a lot. Yeah. Because <clears throat> he was pitching. Yeah. And you know, just coming from the year before of not winning any games, yeah. Yeah. we had already won the first one, uh, lost the second one, yeah. and then that was our third game. Yeah. And that was a that was a big game for your guys' history. So yeah. you to be the you know the the play of the week or the play of the day for mm-hmm. for that that was that's pretty amazing yeah. um we're gonna find that clip and attach it to the cool. to the um podcast here so nice. everybody else can see it yeah man and um you know after every show that we do we usually end it with go hawks right. so i'm gonna let you uh roll with what you want to roll with um remember aromapcc.com legends underscore kitchens on instagram Larry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it for having me, man. And uh, as an honorary member of the Hawks, man, go yeah, Hawks. Yeah. Go <laughs> Hawks. Yay!